3: said he never discussed taking the Suns away from owner Robert Sarver never considered forcing him to sell the team the interesting part though was that after Adam Silver after the NBA's punishment and then after Silver gave a press conference on it both LeBron James and Chris Paul tweeted out about how they believe the NBA messed this up did not hand out a significant enough punishment we talk about the NBA being the league in the U.S. with the most player power LeBron and Chris Paul are the two
0: most powerful
3: players in the league pretty much. Uh, Does that change anything for the NBA to have LeBron and Chris Paul basically call out the NBA and say you didn't do enough here? I don't
0: know if it changes anything in terms of the discipline, right? I think the discipline's already been announced and this is what it is. Is he saying he couldn't do it because the owners are the ones who have to take the team away? I don't know. if You just talked about a conference commissioner. I don't know if he uh, unilaterally can take a team away without... There's got to be some kind of vote to where, some, you know, a majority, you know, agrees to take his team away. There has to be, like you said about Craig Thompson uh, sort
3: of being the, the punching bag for the presidents or ADs of the mountain West. That's all commissioners of our pro sports leagues just represent the owners. Right. And what the owners want to do, the commissioner is the one to be the basically the public head of, Hey, yes. this is what the owner decided. So yeah, I don't know what the NBA's exact process is, but Adam Silver's not going to walk in and be like, I'm taking the team no, from Robert. I don't Sarver. Think he has that power. Right. But if, you know, whatever the number is, 20 of the 30 NBA owners or 29 other NBA owners or 25, whatever it is, if they had wanted Robert Sarver to not have the team, Robert Sarver would be, they'd be in the process of forcing Robert Sarver to sell the team overall. Right. Um, the part where Adam Silver really messed up yesterday was he got asked a question about like, you know, Robert Sarver gets to keep his job, keep the team. But if an employee of the team said any of these things, they'd be fired immediately. And did you hear Adam Silver basically be like, well, it's different because if you're the owner, you own the team and we can't take it from you. But if you're an employee, yeah, you can get fired. Like he said, the quiet part out loud to where if you own right. the team, you're not held to the same standard as the people right. who,
2: who are actually just employed work by for the, the team. team. Yeah. Uh, in order for an owner to be removed, three quarters of the other owners need to vote to yeah, remove okay. that owner.
0: All right, so Silver has no power. Right. he's Yeah. He can't take the he team. Can't do that he would Fish. have. I
3: mean, I'm guessing he could lead some sort of charge and go to all the owners and be try like, to convince them. Be like, hey, I think this is the right thing to do. Would you vote for it? But if they don't want to, he's not changing their minds right. because they. he effectively works for them.
2: I can't. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're proud of yourself? Yeah, Fox backs me. Well, yeah. And to be honest, to be honest, that. no, no, no that's enough. That's enough. Next question, please.
3: I'll give you a quick conspiracy theory on it, on the NBA, by the way. Potentially, Adam Silver wants Robert Sarver out of the league, but the owner, other owners don't. So Adam Silver told LeBron and Chris Paul, hey, tweet out something about how oh. much we screwed this up and you put a, put more pressure on it. So the owners are like, huh. We're going to have to get rid of this guy. There's a conspiracy theory theory That's a good theory. Yeah, that's that's my thought. Um, Aaron Judge might consider playing for the Red Sox. He got asked about potentially playing for Boston if he doesn't re-sign with the Yankees. He's a free agent after this year. His response was, oh, we'll talk about that at the end
0: of the year. I think he's going where the money is.
3: I assume he is, too. The Yankees have not, obviously, committed yet to paying him the big contract that he's going to get. Um, That's why he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Otherwise, he'd have that extension done. I think at the the moment, I'd still put the Yankees as the favorite as to where he plays next year. They're a team that is more willing to spend money than most other teams in baseball, and it's probably going to be pretty brutal for a Yankees front office to let that guy leave after the season he's having. Uh, But I do believe if he actually gets the free agency, he's not going to care too much. Look what
0: happened this year with the arbitration.
3: Yeah. He's not going to care too much where settling he goes. If it's Boston, if it's whatever, the Dodgers, if it's a team that's just, if it's the Rockies to team up with Chris Bryant, I think he's probably going to go because here's the thing. He had his best career, or is having his best career season in the most important and season. year, right Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. And he's out here having a remarkable year, best he could do. And he should probably cash in as much as he possibly sure. can. And if it's a random team like the Rockies or something, he should probably still do that. If they're offering him significantly more than the Yankees. They're offering him $400 million.
0: Yeah. Then go get the $400 million. That's what
3: I would do.
2: Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win.
3: Yeah, I love I that. Win, Ewing. Win is so, the best. Oh. Because that, that implies the player was like, yeah, I work yeah, on it yeah, all the time. Exactly. Uh, Cam Akers was not expecting to have a limited role in the Rams' season opener. He had just three carries in the first game. Daryl Henderson was the lead running back for the Rams. Uh, is it a big deal or not to have a presumed starting running back not know that he's not the starting <laughs> running back? It is for him. Like, you're RB1? Like, it feels... I I get that coaches might not tell players everything about, hey, this is how we want to, you know... Well, I mean, how do they break it
0: down and practice right that was my thing is
3: is he not getting starter yeah not getting starter reps yeah what reps was he getting because I feel like if he was getting backup reps he would have a better idea of what he was going to get in the game but did he get number one reps all of training camp and then they get to the game and they're like all right three game, three carries (laughs) you're on the bench camp like I just found it odd that you have somebody who was expecting to start effectively and he barely sees the field at all and goes three carries for zero yards
0: Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that.
3: Roger Federer uh, is retiring. He's going to play in the Laver Cup this month, and he said that will be his last event. He is third all-time in uh, Grand Slams 1 behind Djokovic and Nadal. Um, so, yeah, Roger Federer, last month, last tournament for him this month, which, what what's the right phrase? Is golden era the right phrase for the Djokovic-Nadal-Federer mm-hmm. run here? Because... It's been unreal for the last 20 years, yeah. whatever it's been, that those three have dominated yeah. men's tennis. Like, on, it's it just always been one of those three for basically two decades. It's
0: incredible. Like, He's my Steve Yeager and Clayton Kershaw.
3: Is he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that your, is that your own Mount Rushmore of sports, those three and somebody personal. else? Yeah, yeah, my your personal. own.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. he's uh, loved Roger Federer. Is that is
3: that really three of the four that would be up there?
0: Federer, Ye- Steve Yeager, and Well, Steve Clayton Yeager's Kershaw? up there, and Kershaw's up there. All right. Federer's fighting for spots. Fight. Who else is fighting for spots? Magic. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of different. Roger Staubach. Do you even know who he is? This is Cowboys quarterback <laughs> played before TVs were in color. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> no, he played.
2: <laughs> Daddy had a breakaway.
0: Vlad
3: Guerrero Jr. Hit his 100th career home run last night. He said he'd be giving the ball to his dad. Does Vlad Guerrero Sr. Care about his son's
0: 100th career home run? No, why wouldn't? This goes back to you just not liking children. <laughs> this goes back to you just not liking kids. Vlad Guerrero Sr. Hit over
3: 400 home runs. His son's got a ways to go to catch him. He, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Should give his 450th home run, which would pass his dad. To his dad. His dad might care about that one. But the 100th? That's nothing. Come on. It's
0: a nice father-son relationship. It sounds nice. like it. He doesn't want his 100th home run ball. Keep
3: it there for is. yourself. I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got it. <laughs> Do we know what's wrong with college coaches? Uh, Lane Kiffin. Yours? Yeah, Yours, all of them. Your guy? Lane Kiffin's not naming a starting quarterback. They they're two and zero, but Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer are the two quarterbacks. They've both started a game. Kiffin said we're two and zero. We'll figure out which quarterback goes
0: first later in the week, probably. Um, why why do coaches why, lie? Why aren't more like Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> quoting scripture and saying this guy's starting this week, this guy's starting the next week, and actually following through with it? I st- I think he's still crazy too for doing that. <laughs> and they're all crazy. Like, and here's the thing: why is Lane Kiffin lying?
3: He because knows who he's starting at quarterback. Of course
0: he does, but in the weird mind of college football coaches, they think they're giving an advantage to the other team. That's the only reason you could ever not say who the quarterback is, right? Oh, both these guys are on film. We don't want anyone to know. Not that they – And that's the funny thing. It's not as if they can't prepare for both guys. Right, right. I mean, it's like right. uh, we don't care what you say, Lane. We have film of both these guys. We can say, "Hey, if this guy's the starter, we'll play it this way. If this guy's the starter, we'll play it that way." And in most cases, the offense stays basically
3: the same, regardless. Yes, of, like you're not. It's most not like, cases. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you're you're going from a pro style offense to the triple option right. based on who the starting quarterback is. Like, oh, you might have to prepare because one guy might scramble more than the other. But for the most part, they're running the same offense.
0: I'd love for the Air Force coach to say, I don't know which one's starting.
3: Like, <laughs> I might actually believe him. <laughs> I might believe him. He'd be like, I don't know. Just somebody that can take the snap under center and run the option. That's all we need. I might believe him because they might ro- rotate through. Um, by the way, Jackson Dart so far this year has, th- has thrown 42 passes. Luke Altmeyer's has only thrown 15. I think I know who's starting.
0: So I'm hoping, I, I, I'm hoping you're right and it's Dart. Probably.
3: Why do you care if it's Dart?
0: No, to me to make sure you're right. Oh, okay.
3: They play Georgia Tech, they're favored by I think eighteen, so it won't matter which one they play, they're gonna win anyways. But they're two and 0, huh? Coach you, you just like two to and lie. yeah, it's it's all mess. They're going to win eight or nine games. Um go to a nice bowl. And yeah. they're not really that nice anymore. There's a playoff. Who cares about the bowl games? But they're gonna win eight or nine games. Uh they're gonna lead Alabama by like seven at some point in the first quarter and still lose by thirty
0: five. And that's the season.
3: Yeah. They'll, come and they'll win the Egg Bowl. Do you have any idea
0: be... what uh, where the Alabama game is? I
3: don't off the top of my head. I'm going to guess it's in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> you
0: always guess it that yeah, way.
3: That's, that's the place they win. They win if it's in Tuscaloosa. Well, not always, but they occasionally take the lead and win when it's in Tuscaloosa. All
2: okay. good. Silence. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Iowa is not going to change quarterbacks ahead of their game on Saturday against Nevada. Spencer Petras is going to start. Iowa this season is dead last in college football in yards per game at 158. They're also dead last in points per game with seven. They have scored 14 points in two games. Four of those by the defense on safeties.
0: Oh, that was the best game of the year so far. (laughs) They got seven points without scoring a touchdown. Yes. Field goal and two safeties. Phenomenal work. Uh,
3: but they are not going to consider a quarterback competition. Meanwhile, Ole Miss is the team that's terrible on offense who probably should change their quarterback
0: right. is not going to do so. Well, they're playing Nevada who lost incarnate
3: word. That is true. They're so. probably looking at this as Spencer Petras is going to have a bounce back game. He's going to throw for 250 and we're going to score a massive 21 points and be rolling. Danny's got a bet.
2: Oh yeah, I talked to you about it yesterday. Nevada plus twenty three. <laughs> yeah, it, Iowa scored seventeen points in two games. Incarnate Ward just put up fifty five on Nevada. That's fine. It, Iowa can put up fifty five as long as Nevada puts up thirty two. If Nevada
3: <laughs> Nevada might not score it, they might not get past midfield that's, against Iowa. That's
2: fine because Iowa's only going to score one touchdown.
3: On offense, the defense will probably score three times. I we'll think. See. Iowa's defense might cover that spread by themselves. If you just got Iowa's defense for 60 minutes against Nevada's offense. Okay. If Iowa's defense and Nevada's offense played all 60 minutes, right? Iowa's offense never took the field. And Iowa's defense never left. I think Iowa wins the game.
2: No way. Oh, wow. I think Iowa wins the game. That's interesting. Nevada
3: is not scoring. So you're, th- you're just talking a pick six, yes. a fumble recovery. They're going to get a pit. They're going to get a defensive score. They they might win a two nothing. But on what if they
0: get an interception and return it to the ten? They have to go on offense. Uh, we'll no, let them kick a field Nevada goal. Nevada starts. The
2: spot. Nevada starts with the ball at the ten yeah, again. We'll,
0: we'll let them kick a field goal from the spot they return it to
2: or And it won't be a like kicker.
3: Yeah, well, let the, the linebackers gonna have game. to yeah. kick. But which I should
0: make you
2: happy.
3: I do. It would. I do not believe Iowa or Nevada will score. They might not get past midfield in that game. The, old, the way they get past midfield is Iowa's offense somehow goes backwards and they have to punt from their own goal line right. and, and Nevada starts at like the 49 and they get one yard. But
2: <laughs> I, Nevada's not going to score in that game. I have faith that they will score.
3: They're not going to score. Their offense is not going to score unless aided by Iowa's offense
0: being incompetent. You hey? weren't here yesterday when Danny was talking about the par lazy lost. Oh, God. Yeah. Danny over here. Have hey, you won a bet?
2: Of course. <laughs> of course. I won uh the Rams score seven touchdowns yet? No, but the Chiefs almost did. That scared me. <laughs> they scored six. But uh, no, I won my Monday night bet. Longest touchdown in the game, over 37 and a half yards. Good job. They had two of them. Good job.
3: I'm glad you won one. All yeah, right, coming up we next, we'll jump into some Major League Baseball, because guess who else is lying? Dusty Baker.
1: And Glaber lines another base hit to right field. Rounding third is Hicks. Here comes the throw home. It is not in time. And they have all the bullets thrown to right field. Scoring is Judge. All the way to third is Glaber.
0: He rounds third. Coming home. The throw is not in time. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition.
3: The Amazon Prime game tonight, you can watch it for free, not on Amazon Prime. It's apparently going to be on Twitch.
0: All right, I'll take my Prime, though.
3: Well, if you have Prime, you might as well watch it yeah. there. But twitch.tv slash prime video. Should do you have, have this Twitch? It's just you don't even have to sign up for it. You just go to the link and you can watch it. Uh, so, yeah, you can apparently watch it for free. You don't have to have Amazon Prime, but you do have to find Twitch, which is not on your television. So it's still... Going to be difficult for people who uh, just want to turn on their TV and go to the right channel, but you can watch for free. Apparently, and I guess that'll be true the whole season. Um, all right, it's the best part of the show. It's when I get to yell about things. You know who lies a lot?
0: Uh, well, there's an easy
3: there's an easy answer. <laughs> who do you locally. want to answer that question about? Because this team is very similar. Uh, Dusty Baker and the Astros—they're about the same as the Gold Knights when it comes to injuries. Injuries. So yesterday. Jordan Alvarez did not play in their game. Before the game, Dusty Baker said that his hand was sore and he would have to manage that the rest of the season. Jordan Alvarez has missed time this year two different times because of some sort of hand injury. So Dusty Baker says, all right, he's out of the lineup, his hand's sore, he's going to have to deal with that the rest of the season. After the game, here's a tweet from Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. Jordan Alvarez requested to speak with the media after the game and said through an interpreter that his hands are not sore and he is fine to play. He was available off the bench today and was under the impression today was a scheduled off day.
0: What are we doing? Well, I'd like to yell about Dusty, but Dusty probably has no idea what's (laughs) happening. So he knew that Alvarez had missed two games with hand injuries before, so he just assumed his hands were still sore. I mean, is this something nefarious by Dusty Baker? I mean, do you really believe he goes out of his way to lie? It's Dusty, who doesn't know half the time who he's playing in the field. All right.
3: So, first off, the Astros' history this year of of pub, what they say publicly about injuries, every time a player misses a game or something, they generally say that that player has discomfort. They'll say, like, which part of the body, but they'll say that guy has discomfort. Often it'll be like, oh, he's got hamstring discomfort or something. And the guy misses a game or two. And then he's right back in there. However, Michael Brantley had shoulder discomfort. They acted like it wasn't a big deal. Then he went on the IL. And then two months later, he had season ending shoulder surgery. So he went from shoulder discomfort to IL to done for the year. So they just... just generally say everything is discomfort. It's right. their version of upper body and lower body without giving any details. So they don't they're like the Golden Knights. They don't deserve any benefit of the doubt when it comes to injury talking related talking about injuries or telling right.
0: the media what's going on.
3: You shouldn't believe anything they say. The part that I find fascinating is that Jordan Alvarez requested to talk to the media after a game that he did not play in because he wanted to say my manager was wrong. My hand feels fine. That's the part that's fascinating to me. And was it as innocent as Dusty Baker just being Dusty? Yeah, just didn't really know and was like, yeah, his hand's probably sore. I'll give him the day off. Or was this a, as we've seen with the Golden Knights, some sort of communication issue and they're trying to lie and be misleading about injuries and they get caught in it?
0: At which time, with many times with the Knights, I say, what is the point of that? Right why do you, nobody cares, just say what it is. Right. And so I don't know which one it is,
3: but they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt like the Astros because they don't usually give any information about injuries. I will say the idea that Dusty Baker just simply doesn't know what's going on is real because yes. <laughs> after the game, he announced his uh, the starting pitchers for their weekend series and uh, the media tweeted it out like these are the guys they're going to pitch. Somebody else from the Astros had to go find the media after that and be like, oh, Dusty got it wrong. Um, That's not the order the pitchers are going in. So he told the wrong pitcher for one of the games that they're pitching this weekend. So there's a chance this is just Dusty Baker's old and doesn't actually know what's happening.
0: He must be great to cover. Because you have no idea most of the time what he's talking about.
3: <laughs> or the worst, because... Well, I mean,
0: it must be funny to cover him, because <laughs> they're probably in the press box saying, uh, Dusty, <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. They're, I mean, the media could probably set the pitching rotation better than Dusty at this point. Probably,
3: yes, I think so. Um, so, yeah, so you have a team just like the Golden Knights in the Houston Astros with how they deal with injuries.
0: Well, um, I'm going to go back on it, though, and say not as much, because I think the Golden Knights know what they're doing. Well... And I don't know if Dusty does.
3: I think the Golden Knight or the Astros front office knows what they're doing because their general manager will talk to the media on a, you know, once a week or every other week. And he's very vague and like, oh, we don't know when he's going to be back. The only player they have been forthcoming with about injuries is Justin Verlander. Like when he got hurt, he hurt his what did he hurt his hamstring, his groin? Yes, his whatever hamstring. It was. His hamstring. They like said exactly what the injury. was. Well, and I
0: wonder why. I wonder if they did that just to stave off arm issues. And I and I or think, saying that it was his arm.
3: And I think it was Verlander too, part of that
0: because Verla- Verlander got
3: hurt, talked to the media the next day, and then was in a press conference when they announced that he was going on the IL. Like Justin Verlander got hurt. I think he talk- wanted it out there. This right. is not my arm. He talked to the media twice in like four days. Uh whereas, like, imagine a Golden Knights player when they get hurt. You don't see that guy for a <laughs> month. <laughs> Guy's not even on the team anymore. So but it was but it's weird because he was like, for whatever reason, I think it was probably Verlander pushing for it. Was like, okay. Yeah,
0: he doesn't want people to think his arm's dead or right. something happened with his elbow or but something.
3: Every other player has been. Discomfort or soreness in a random body part, and Jordan Alvarez has (laughs) requested to talk to the media and be like, "Hold on, Dusty's wrong. My hand is fine." Although I'm guessing, if he
0: thought it was a scheduled day off, I wonder how Alvarez even knew what Dusty said. That's probably like did someone tell him? Like, oh, you know, he told he said you have sore hands instead of it's just a schedule because he said I thought it was just a scheduled day off. How I guess
3: I mean that would come back to how does the manager communicate to players? You have a day off. Like, does do you tell like do you tell people, hey, on Monday, you're gonna take Wednesday off, uh, you're gonna get Friday off, somebody right. else. Like, do do you have like a plan and you just tell everybody, or is it more of a, hey, the night before, hey, I feel like you need the day off today, uh, so you're gonna sit down, or is it just you show up and you read the lineup card and you're not yeah. in it? It's like, oh, I guess today's a Freddie day off.
0: Freeman for the first time all last year or the all all year last night. Read oh, that really? Card. It was his first day off the entire year.
3: What are they doing? Why are they playing him so much?
0: I don't know. They needed to win the division, I guess. I don't know. They did it with like 20 games (laughs)
3: left. (laughs) Could have taken some off (laughs) along the way. Would have been fine.
0: (laughs) So yeah, Dusty
3: Baker, the Astros are basically the Golden Knights of baseball. Coming up next, Darren Millard
1: joins the show. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Millsy Millard. What, what, well, what are we doing,
0: Darren? What, Darren's not here. On? He might have heard the previous segment about the Golden Knights and injuries. Real,
3: he got hurt and had to run away. He had an upper body yeah, injury. He yeah, Can't talk injury. to us anymore. Actually, we'll see him in a month. Actually, I think he's the Canadian yelling at Mark Stone. Yes,
0: in the grocery store. That they suck in the grocery store. Yeah,
3: because I just—he's uh, got to be the only Canadian that would yell at Mark Stone, right? Who else is yelling at Mark Stone?
0: Uh, nobody. Right.
3: I no. did. I did really want to ask Darren, who is a Canadian. Who are these Canadians yelling at Mark Stone yeah. that the Golden Knights suck?
0: Who are not his friends and family? Not his friends and family. No. Cuz I can't Im- again, I can't imagine Mark Stone would be I could be... see like close friends messing with him. Oh, well, absolutely. I could see yeah, yes, like mess around with him. If I was Mark Stone's friend, I'd mess around with him I would and say you guys absolutely make fun of him. Yes. for
3: missing the playoffs. But like I can't imagine Mark Stone would have a close friend say, yeah. "Oh, you guys suck" and then take that and be like, "Oh, Gary Lawless... A lot of these people in Canada are telling me <laughs> I suck. It's like, no, it was just your friend. What are you talking about? So I can't, I cannot imagine that's what Mark Stone actually did there. So we'll see. I don't think we're going to hear from Darren today. Um, so we'll talk a little bit uh, about the Aces. Game three is tonight. Aces uh, got a chance to win the WNBA title. If they can knock off the Connecticut sun one more time. Um, it we talked about this yesterday. I don't think either one of us, we don't even see Connecticut winning this game, right?
0: No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got them. You've got the aces blowing them out. Yeah. Too many things have to happen right, for Connecticut to win a game. Yeah.
3: They, I think for Connecticut to win, they have to have two of the three: Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray. Two of the three have a bad games. Game, have
0: bad games, and then and then they still might not win. And then they've got to have some of their own players step up. Right. We haven't talked enough about that. that their own Bonner, their good players have not stepped up.
3: Dwanne Bonner has been atrocious. Yeah, she has been awful in this series. Um, John Quell Jones has been fine, but hasn't been like a series-changing type performances or anything like that. So yeah, the the margin for error for the Connecticut Sun is so small that everything has to go right for them to win a game and. It's possible, but I just I don't see it happening in one game, let alone three. So here's here's some fun parts of this. Kelsey Plum had a good game too, twenty points, seven to thirteen shooting. After the game, uh, Asia Wilson said that she told Kelsey Plum she needed to get her bleep together because Kelsey yes. Plum hasn't hasn't been very good in the postseason. No. Right? It's been Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray uh, that she needed to get her bleep together. We also know Becky Hammond after game one said that she lit up the aces at halftime and she was like, I don't usually yell, but I was yelling at halftime. And then there was this story uh, from the New York times about Asia Wilson and Don Staley, her coach at South Carolina. Um, Don Staley, apparently texted Asia Wilson at halftime of game one, one rebound seriously. (laughs) (laughs) And then Staley gave a quote to the New York times saying, I tell her when she sucks, but I also tell her, ain't nobody can stop you. Right. I love the idea that this team, and Don Staley apparently included, can just yell at each other and tell each other, yeah, you suck. You got to get it together. And they do. Like, it and ends then up by the way, the person
0: them. gets it together. Right. Like Kelsey did. Yeah.
3: And in, that, and in game one, Asia Wilson, she actually had two rebounds. Don Staley was wrong. She had two rebounds at halftime. She finished with 11 in the game. Right. So... I, it's it's phenomenal. So Asia Wilson at halftime of game one goes in the locker room.
0: Her head coach gets yelled at by the head coach. Her current head coach yells at her, and her former head coach yells at her, <laughs> and it, and it, essentially in a text.
3: I must feel bad for Asia Wilson. She can't. She's like, I can't escape it now. She's probably
0: like, wait a minute, I'm the one with the statue in front of the uh, right. in front of the uh, right. arena there at the school.
3: I just won the MVP. We'll be good. So I I love that part about this team um, because they and and the other key there they're winning a lot. We wouldn't hear these stories if they were losing, right? If Don Staley texted her one rebound seriously and then they lost game one, we don't hear that story. If Kelsey Plum had had a bad game too, we don't hear that Asia Wilson
0: told her to get her bleep together. right?
3: right? We don't hear those stories if they lose. So the other key here is they're winning. I'm sure it happens on other teams and they lose and they hate each other.
0: Now we should put this out there because I was just reminded about this uh, from an editor at the Review Journal. If they win... It's the first major league professional championship in town because there have been minor league teams that have won championships, and I, I, you know, I think the misnomer is that it's the first championship ever. No, there have been teams, and Danny's nodding his head.
2: I got that same email from my editor.
0: Yeah, I mean, but well, it's it's true though. I mean, you you want to be accurate, um, and it will be the first major league professional franchise. And look, they're gonna do it. Right, they're not they're not losing three straight if games they of the season. I mean, in if a they row... lose three straight th- the games of this team, they've Listen, got bigger problems than not right. being the first major league professional franchise to win a uh, championship. If
3: they lost three in a row, uh, game five would be Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. I'm probably coming on this show saying they need to fire Becky Hammett.
0: Well, <laughs> if they lose three in a row, it's... Danny and I are very upset. Why? There's only one reason: no parade. There's no parade. No.
2: Well, Actually, a...
3: I'll be pumped. No parade.
0: Let's by go, by the way, Danny, it's the the total now is eight and four.
2: Yeah, no, eight oh, four. Kind of. Oh, we got obliterated no. on Friday.
0: Yeah, we're not we're not making the comeback.
2: No, we're not. But oh, I that's was right. Telling... There
0: were more on
3: Friday. You yeah. lost. Cassie Soto's not on your side. Every, Nine and four.
2: Every guest on Friday said no to parade. Yeah. So
0: we're getting blown out. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's not over. Close. But I was telling Tyler, get ready for that uh, Monday morning remote parade. Absolutely not.
3: Taking the day off. The remote. Yeah. Will not will not be there. Parade will be in the afternoon. We do not need to be there whatsoever. Uh, did Darren just call in?
0: Is this him? No. no. Why okay. would he be?
3: Danny shook his head. No. I got optimistic. I thought Darren might have called know. in, but nope, not Darren. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, is wait. it Darren?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what?
3: Who is Danny talking to? Danny, come on. Danny. What are you doing over there? And who would us- called? Who would have called right. beside him anyway? Give Give us Darren. Come on. Come on. Come on. What is What happened? What's there, going Danny? on? All right. Darren, what do you, I don't know who I'm more upset with you or Danny right now.
1: Uh, I I've been sitting here at my desk at work waiting for the phone to ring and it never rang. It's not you and it's not me. It's technology, honestly. <sighs> or it's certainly Danny.
0: not me.
3: <laughs>
1: I thought you guys ditched me. We should yeah. have.
3: We you ditched us?
1: Well, uh, I ditched you. Darn I right. would never ditch Ed. Darn Ed's, right. still,
3: Ed's here. You, if you ditch me, you ditch Ed right now. This isn't your little lunch break afterwards.
1: <laughs> lunch break? What time do you go for lunch?
3: Yeah, well, we get up early. Lunch is early, too.
1: Um, you, gotta, you, you, you get up 10 minutes before your show. Let's be honest about that.
3: It takes me 20 minutes to drive here, so 30 minutes before my show. So oh,
1: you're driving 10 minutes donkey. asleep.
3: I wish. Be. I, wish I, okay. I need one of those self-driving cars so I can sleep while I drive to work. <laughs> That'd Dude, nice. I
1: used one of those, uh, this summer and it was amazing.
3: Right. It sounds great. Yeah, I would not be afraid yeah. at all. I'd be like, yep, I'm not paying attention. Take me to work. It'd be phenomenal. Kitty, be uh,
1: I'm with yeah. you.
3: See, we can agree on things. Um, yeah, I need your help though. Uh, you're, you're Canadian. Can you, I am. can you tell me, uh, from the Mark Stone story with Gary Lawless, who are these Canadians that are telling Mark Stone the Golden Knights suck?
1: I think it's just hockey fans in general. Uh, that uh, that are that are talking. I don't think it's necessarily Canadian, American, or European. It's just uh, hockey fans, and and in Canada, every hockey fan uh, believes that uh, that they have a right to express their opinion to uh, the coach, the general manager, the player, or their neighbor or their kid. They they just express that that opinion. So uh, that's that's what it is. More than just locking it down to Canadians.
2: So I mean, this well, hold, on, hold on, hold on,
3: hold his, on. His quote was, after spending the summer in Canada, you wouldn't believe how often I was told how bad we were. It is Canadian. Yeah. Mark Stone is the one who said it was Canadians.
1: No, he was talking about in being at home in, in Canada this summer. That's where he spent the majority of his time, and people would come up to him and, and talk to him. I, I don't think it was, uh, if he was in, in Sweden, he'd probably say, hey, uh, talked to a bunch of Swedish people this summer, and... Uh, they they think that uh, that we're going to be challenged this year. Uh, it's just where he was the and and the uh, the situation of of, uh, of his summer vacation. That's all. That you're trying to make something into an international incident, which it's not.
3: If he was in Sweden, nobody was going to tell him how much he sucks. They would have been like, "Who are you?" No, no,
1: <laughs> he's <is> world famous.
0: <laughs> so this is not saying uh we're goliath now uh and this is not them manufacturing a chip on their shoulders because that's what a lot of athletes often do to look for motivation to look to you know come into a new camp with a new coach hey nobody believes in us all that you've heard that a million times from athletes this is none of that
1: well i i think that that individually as players as athletes that there's some of that like we're going to try and uh, answer to last year because we didn't make the playoffs, and maybe uh, they're they're channeling that as as a motivation. I myself don't believe that that they that they should be uh, considered among the teams that uh, that are going to struggle to make the playoffs. The the, the David's going up against the the uh, Titanic of the uh, opposition. I think they have a really good team, and I, I think that they'll finish first or second in the Pacific Division. But uh, players, after going through what they did last year, I, I'm sure uh, take it a whole lot more personally. And if as, as the team that, uh, that people uh, uh, portray as the villain of the National Hockey League, if people want to lash out at the, at the Vegas Golden Knights as, as fans and, and call them uh, out, then, then Mark Stone can channel that any way he wants.
3: Uh, all right. You called us late. Whatever the hell happened, whatever you're blaming there with technology. That, that's so
1: the phone yeah. yeah, yeah. not ring.
3: Yeah, yeah. But we gotta we gotta get to this part before we if have to I go. If I were trying commercial. to get
1: away away from you guys, I would just I would never would have phoned you myself.
3: I know. I listen, you get credit for that, although it was still late. Um when is Nick Hay getting a deal done? I don't
1: know. Hopefully before training camp.
3: Do you think Nick Haig will hold out if he doesn't have a uh, contract signed before training camp?
1: Ed, can I, do I have the right to do this to Tyler? Oh, have you to have the right light? to do
0: anything to Tyler.
1: Okay. Uh, you can't hold out if you don't have a uh, contract. It's, it's not a hold up.
3: Well, well, what's the right phrase for me? So I want to get this right in the future.
1: Uh, will he report to camp without a contract? I doubt it. That's very unlikely. Would you that he will be at camp uh, without a contract?
0: Would you? Uh,
1: No, right. If I'm a professional athlete, right, there's there's no benefit uh, in in the bargaining process to be at camp uh, when you don't have a a contract. The whole thing is you're you're not being paid for your services, so uh, you're not there. So. Uh, He's skating in the captain's practices right now. I think that's a hugely positive sign uh, that that he's in Vegas and he's participating with his teammates. But when it comes to camp, if there's no contract, uh, I wouldn't expect him to be uh, in in camp, and I I would think that the coaches would understand that.
3: Kelly McCrimmon called him the top priority like two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Uh, why, Why is the top priority not signed then?
1: Well, you still have to negotiate, Tyler. Just because you're the top priority doesn't mean that you're just going to open the vault and give them whatever they want. There's one uh, negotiations on what you perceive the value of the athlete, and number two is your cap situation, and you have to be responsible to yourself in in that side. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a tight negotiation on both sides. I can see both sides having merit in in, in what they're asking for, but there's probably going to have to be, or there will have to be, a give uh, on on both sides on this because of the salary cap situation.
2: Uh,
3: According to Vince Sapienza, who talked to Nick Hague's agent, there has been very little dialogue since early July, so it doesn't sound like they're even doing the negotiating part of that.
1: Very little dialogue uh, since July, or you're taking care of some other... uh, Business, and then you ramp it up near the end. Uh, the, I, I don't believe that the the Golden Knights, the, the way you phrase that is the team will be letting that just sit and waiting for something that, to happen. Like That's not what they're doing with Nick Hagg, He's an important part of this organization. Uh, there will be, uh, and is, an impotence uh, to get him, get him signed. Uh, I think that's slightly out of context, the way you phrase that.
3: I'm still calling it a holdout.
1: It's not a holdout. You, you can't hold out if you don't have a contract.
3: Yeah, but you didn't convince me otherwise to not use that phrase.
1: Well, it's, the phrase is wrong.
3: Like, Nick Haig hasn't reported to camp. Nick Haig is holding out. It's it's the same thing.
1: How, how do you... If if you're not being paid to go to the studio, are you holding out from doing your show?
3: If What do you mean? Well, yeah, if I
0: didn't like show up. If you up, weren't getting paid, would you be holding out? Yeah. If you just didn't show up.
1: Yeah, and I would call it a holdout. Well, you'd be wrong.
3: <laughs> I think it's just called and that's unemployed. Probably, and that's
1: probably why you're not being paid to do the show. Right. Danny's
3: right. I just It'd just be unemployed, unemployed. if it was
1: me. You would just be uninterested.
3: Also, Nick Haig, if he wanted to, could sign a qualifying offer and be employed or have a contract right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. We could all do anything for, for the bottom dollar, but that's not right to yourself. Oh, no, not at all. Not right to the, to the team.
3: He's holding out from the qualifying offer.
1: You are a frustrating individual. This is why my buddy <laughs> Nick, who listens every week, texts me right after and says, I love Ed. You and Ed are great. Uh, dot, dot, dot.
3: Okay. He's Darren Millard. Uh, I hope we can have very little dialogue from since early July. That'd make the show a lot better.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Darren. I did my best. I did my best. <laughs> Thanks for calling, buddy. See, buddy.
3: Sorry. Appreciate it. Uh, so there's Darren Millard uh, trying to deflect blame from Canadians, uh, which I don't appreciate. He was like, yeah, if he, was, just, if he was in Sweden, I don't no, know, he
0: wouldn't Canada that well to where people are coming up in the, in the, uh, you know, the bread and milk aisle telling this guy that his team sucks. I mean, maybe he's that well-known and maybe he's that you know, recognizable. There. I bet he's he that probably... well-known when he's home in Canada,
3: but it's also, if you're home in Canada, people either like you or they're just screwing with you
0: saying, Hey, you suck. You missed the playoffs. I think it's I still th- I still am going to go on the limb and say it's more people close to him probably. All right, we got
3: tickets to give away. Alice Cooper with special guest Ace Frehley at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson on Saturday, October 8th. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100.
2: I don't think you were the I think it was Carr. Yeah, that no. seems like recent. No. Carr. That's yeah. the had most recent. Had to be take. me. No. You think it was you? Yeah. I feel like Brady respects you.
1: No zero respect. Really? But never shake my hand. Really? Uh, really? It just pisses me off because you're in Buffalo. You're playing New England. They're kicking our a- every single year. They're beating us, and um, we finally in 2011 knocked him off. It was right at the beginning of the season. We had this like great start, and he threw five interceptions in the game which was just wonderful to see every single one of them was like (laughs) wonderful to see and run straight off, like no handshake, no, you know, quarterback, middle of the field where the camera is okay. Stay healthy, buddy. You know, pat me on the head and let me go. Like just ran straight off. So it just, it bothered me so much because there was no respect there. Yeah. And so it was like, every time I played him after that, I was like, all right, like I at least got like, Let's make this dude respect me. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition.
3: Coming up later in the show, we got tickets to go see Aerosmith. Um, I've got this stat for you. We've talked a lot about Chelsea Gray and her mid-range jump shot. In the regular season, Chelsea Gray took 4.3 shots per game between 10 and 19 feet. She made 51% of them. In the playoffs... Between ten and nineteen feet, she's taking six point one shots per game. She's made sixty-seven percent of them. And in the finals, granted it's only two games, but in the WNBA finals, she is taking eight shots per game between ten and nineteen feet, and shooting sixty-nine percent on those shots. It's unreal. It's unreal. Like, have you ever seen
0: anything like that? No, in basketball,
3: where you are. Like, okay, 51% on mid range jumpers is pretty good, right? That gets you in sort of the realm of, hey, this is a somewhat efficient right. shot. In the playoffs, for her to effectively elevate and shoot 67% while taking more, 6.1 per game, is ridiculous. And then in the finals, to take even, she's doubled the amount of mid range jumpers she took in regular season games in the finals, and she's improved her field goal percentage on them by 18%. Nobody does that. Normally, when you take more of a shot, you make it less often. But she's taking double the amount and making it more often. It's ridiculous.
0: I mean, I, I don't know where it came from either, right? Why did she start Why did she start becoming this type of player? That She made a few shots, so she said, I'm going to continue this on?
3: I mean, I think a lot of it has been in the playoffs. They've had some worse offensive games because the opponents are good, and she's bailed them out on bad possession. She takes these shots, and she's drilling all of them.